Welcome to the Rock Church Audio Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Rock Church is located on Harrison Avenue between Mulford and Perryville Roads. Today is Mother's Day, and we have a special treat with Anna Marie McGuire and Joe Versendahl sharing today's message. Good morning. I'm so blessed to be here today. I had the God blessed me with the opportunity to be Pastor Patrick's mom and to raise him. And then he did exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask for when he brought Erica into our family. She is such a gift. And um, then he just really spoiled me and gave us Addie and Liam. And um, I'm just humbled by God's goodness. So I would really just like to spend some time this morning talking to you about being a woman of influence. And um, we can people of influence, whether we're working with our little ones or our not-so-little ones anymore, the ones who are now taller than us, the ones who have given us grandchildren, the ones whose grandchildren have given us grandchildren. So wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, um, I just believe this message is going to speak to you. But before I start, I really would just like to take a minute to acknowledge the women who are here today, and for one reason or another, Mother's Day is a very painful thing for you. Maybe you have just longed to be a mom, and God hasn't fulfilled that desire yet, but um, that's, it's painful for you because you just long to have that role in your life, and maybe your mother has passed away, and today's a hard day because you're not able to celebrate with her, or maybe you have a difficult relationship with your mother, and she's alive, but she just isn't, it's just not a good relationship. Or maybe you're a mom who's not going to see your children today for one reason or another. And there are a lot of reasons that today can be a challenging day for women. And so for those of you who pressed in and came to church, because I know, I know um, some women who just even avoid church on Mother's Day because it's painful, um, I just commend you for coming and for pressing through and believe God honors that. And I just want to pray for you this morning before we start. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up anybody here today, God, who's got pain in their heart when they think about Mother's Day, and it's a challenging day or a hard day for them. I just thank you for the promise of comfort from your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you just wrap your arms around them today and that they will feel so overwhelmingly loved and valued by you, Lord God. I thank you that you heal those deep places of pain inside of their heart. You give hope where hope needs to be ministered, Father, and that you just strengthen them today, Father. I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today I would like to speak to you about being a woman of influence. And the scripture we're going to use is Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God calls you light. God says that's who you are. You are light. And so you need to just line up. You need to line yourself up with who God says you are and what God calls you to be. And he talks about that idea of hiding light, right? Why would we hide light? Well, sometimes we don't want to hide light because we want to hide light because we just don't want to be embarrassed or we don't want to stick out or we're worried about what people are going to think about us. But the thing is that you, 
if you're born again, you have Jesus inside of you, and you know what? You just stick out. You just are a little odd. You're a little different. You're a little weird <laughs> compared to some of the people in the world. And so just embrace it. Embrace your shininess and just shine. Shine bright and just be about what God's called you to do. You know, the thing about light is it really can't hide, right? When you try to, even if you try to like close your blinds, there's always a little bit of light peeking through. You're trying to get them as dark as you can get it. But a little light always shines through. And, and that's how you are. When you're trying to hide, people still notice you. So um, I just really encourage you. We're going to talk about being light today. And I just hope it gives you courage and boldness to just really be shinier for Jesus when you leave here. All right. Um, we're going to talk about that idea of influence. So what does it mean to have influence? Having influence, I'm going to give you a definition for it. The capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of somebody. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to affect people's character. As moms, we're certainly called to affect their development and their behavior. In our society, we have this position now. We didn't have it when I was younger. But there's a job of an influencer, right? And I say influencer, and you right away think of social media. And you think about the people who have the blue check marks next to their name because they have 20,000 followers or 100,000 followers. And, and so companies pay them to advertise their products because, oh, if you use this shampoo, I need to use this shampoo. So my hair looks the way your hair looks, right? What I mean when I talk about an influencer? Well, God has called you to be an influencer. That's your job. You are an influencer for God. And you have followers. And your followers might be little people who are in your house. Your followers might be um, your friends. Your followers might be your coworkers. And I just kind of want you to think about those people who you would have, who you could have influence over. It really does start in your home. The scripture in Matthew five talks about putting the stand up, uh, putting the light on the stand, and it gives light to the whole house. So God is saying influence in your house is important, and that is your number one area. But we also have influence when we leave our house. So I kind of want you, as I'm going through this message, to think about those areas of influence you have and those people you're encountering every day who need you to be light and who need you to shine brightly for them. And the question I want to ask you as you're thinking about those people is, as one of God's influencers, are you shining your light in such a way to help the people around you grow and develop the character of Jesus. Right? That's your goal, to help the people around you grow and develop the character of Jesus. And you really don't know. When you're shining your light, you really don't know what's going to happen with that. I had Patrick's an only child. We just had the one. Um, so primarily, he was my area of influence. And sure, I influenced his friends and influenced the other kids in the neighborhood when they came over or kids at children's church. But primarily, he was my area of influence. And then for those of you who were here last week, Patrick spoke and he influenced all of you, right? So you don't really know where your influence is going to go. You don't really know where that light that you shine and that word that you speak, you don't know what's going to happen to that teenager who really came into your house and you had a word for them or you encouraged them or you prayed with them. You don't know what God's going to do with that. 
And that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to just shine right where we're at and then trust that God's going to use it to really do a work inside of that person's heart. And it can just be something as simple as a smile sometimes or a kind word. There's not a lot of kind words going on out there. And so just your kind word can be an encouragement to somebody and be a light to somebody. When people see you, do your words and actions make them want to fall in love with Jesus? I think sometimes when we say, oh, your job as an influencer is to get people to follow Jesus, that idea of following Jesus can have a lot of lists of rules and regulations in people's mind. Oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. I have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But if they fall in love with Jesus, they're going to automatically do X, Y, and Z, right? So your job as an influencer through your words and your actions is to get people to fall in love with Jesus. Moms, man, I grew up not, um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I got born again in college. And um, I was really determined that Patrick was never going to know a day without Jesus. And I really saw that as my responsibility to know that he was, he, when he left my house, he was going to know how to walk with Jesus and how to take Jesus with him and what, it, what a difference Jesus made in his life. And, um, and that's, the only way you can do that is if you take Jesus with you. If you're not walking with Jesus, your kids are not going to walk with Jesus because they're not going to follow your words. They're going to follow your actions. And you can be dragging them to church on Sunday, but if during the week... Jesus isn't mentioned in your home, and the Word of God isn't talked about in your home, that child is not necessarily going to grow up and follow Jesus just because church told them to. They see what you do in your house. So when you wake up in the morning, we were talking in Bible study this week on Wednesday night, before your feet hit the floor, Christina kept saying, before your feet hit the floor, make a decision that Jesus is going with you wherever you go that day. You are taking Jesus with you. He is Christ, the anointed one, right? The lamp was filled with oil. That represents the anointing. The anointing removes burdens. The anointing destroys yokes. That's what you're taking with you. You have the opportunity to remove a burden. You know, sometimes your little two or three-year-olds can have burdens. Certainly your teenagers who have been in school all day can come home with some burdens. Your spouse, your husband can have burdens when he comes home from work. And you have the anointing inside of you and the opportunity inside of you to remove that burden and to lighten that load by shining Jesus on them. Um, if you're going to bring Jesus about your day, the scripture that I think you really need to focus on is Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Have the word coming out of your mouth all the time. You don't have to quote chapter and verse, but you can quote godly principles. God is with you. God is for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You're not alone. Jesus wants to heal that. You know, um, my husband was out of work recently, and um, our granddaughter is four, and she was praying for Bapa to get a job. And she would see him, and she would say, Bapa, do you have a job yet? And he would say, no, Addie, keep praying, keep praying. And um, when he got a job, he called Addie and said, Addie, God gave Bapa a job because you prayed. 
right? Teach your children. Let them know what you're praying for. Involve them in your prayers. Let them know that God, you know, we're believing God for healing. We're believing God for a new car. We're believing God for a house. Whatever it is you're believing God for, talk about it. Pray with them together. Pray with your teenagers. Ask them, what are you believing God for? We would ask Patrick at the table, what's God speaking to you? Turn off the TV, sit your families down at the table, and talk about the Word of God. And talk about what God's doing in their life. Even when they're little, what's God speaking to you? You know, sometimes three or four-year-olds will say, God told me he loves me. Well, you know what? They heard from God. God does love them. So um, get them used to having that conversation. That's how you take Jesus with you throughout the day. And take the pressure off of yourself. Isaiah 54, 13 says that all of your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great will be the peace of your children. God is partnering with you. He is partnering with you and shining your light. It's not just you, right? So, um, you know, your kid could be throwing a fit on the floor, and you look at them and say, you are taught of the Lord, and you have great peace, right? Call it out. Call it out of them um, and declare that over them. Declare that you're taught of the Lord. And when you need wisdom, right, you go to God and say, God, you said you're going to teach my kids. You promised. I need you to teach them. They're, they're not getting it from me. So I need you to teach them. I need you to give them wisdom in this situation. And um, trust God. Trust him that he's, he's in it with you and he's teaching your kids. And you just keep speaking over them. You have great peace. So if we're going to shine brighter for Jesus, we need to retrain our focus. We are in a world where there's a lot of focus on negative things. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, right? And as a man thinks, so is he. So if you're thinking about a lot of negative things, if you're thinking you're tired, if you're thinking you're frustrated, if you're thinking this is hard, you know what? You're going to be tired and you're going to be frustrated and it's going to be hard and that's going to reflect and how you're going about your day, and you're not going to have a lot of energy. But Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Focus on the good. Create a good report about your husband. Write it down if you have to. <laughs> These are the top 10 things I love about my husband. Create a good report about each and every one of your children. You, sometimes you have to work hard to create a good report about your child, right? But, but ask God, show me their gifts. Show me the things they're doing right. Help me see them. Help me catch them doing the right thing instead of always catching them doing the wrong thing. Um, and he'll help you. He'll help you do that. Focus on the good things about your mom, right? For those of you who are young adults in here, or for those of you who are raising children and you feel like, oh, my mom and my mother-in-law, so many opinions, <laughs> right? Um, but you can focus on the good thing about, you know what? They're, they're here to help. So even if they talk and say things I don't want them to say, it's an extra set of hands. So um, try, to, try to acknowledge that light shines differently in every, people, in every person. And maybe your daughter-in-law isn't doing things the way that you would do them. But you know what? She's got her own light to shine. And it's not our job to focus on their weaknesses. It's our job to come alongside and encourage and edify and build up. 
The scripture says in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, ever come out of your mouth, but such speech that's good for building others up according to the need and the occasion, so it's a blessing to those who hear you speak. Are your words a blessing to your family? Are your words a blessing to your husband? Are your words a blessing to your teenagers? To your little ones? Are your words a blessing to your boss and your coworkers? Are your words a blessing to your friends? When you talk to your husband, your children, your daughter-in-law, your mother-in-law, um, are, you, are you speaking to them like they're a blessing? And are you seeing them as a blessing? Your children pay attention to how you talk to their daddy. And they're not going to use kind words if you don't use kind words. And so it's really important that you're modeling that. And that's the first relationship kids are watching is the relationship between mommy and daddy and what that looks like. And that relationship needs to reflect Jesus. And you need to reflect Jesus and how you're honoring them. You can't, I remember somebody saying once, if you're not sowing seeds of obedience in your own life, don't expect a harvest of obedience from your children. So it's something to think about. And are you speaking well to them? And are you speaking well about them to other people? Your kids hear what you say about them when you're talking about them to your friends or when you're talking about them to, you know, other moms or other kids, they hear. And I'm sure we've all been in that situation where you see a little kid listening, you know, they're sitting there and, and, you know, you're just going about your business and they're playing and all of a sudden the conversation turns to them and you see them just kind of quietly lean in a little bit towards you. They're listening, their ears are a little perked up. And too many kids have heard their mommy say things about them that just pierce their little hearts and deflate them like a balloon. And so we need to be speaking well of our children all the time, especially to other people and to them. And declare what the Word of God says about them. Your child, your husband, your teenagers, they bear the image of Jesus inside of them. Your coworkers bear the image of Jesus inside of them. Your boss bears the image of Jesus inside of them, right? And so we need to call out Jesus inside of them. That's part of developing their character, right? Developing their behavior. That's part of being an influencer. And so you say who God says they are, and you speak who God says they are. You lay your hands on those children, and you declare the word of God over them. You are patient. You are kind. You have self-control. Declare that. You know, declare your husband that, you know what, you're a hard worker. I appreciate you. You're diligent. You have wisdom. Call it out. Call it out. That's why you sometimes you have to have that list. Pull out your good list right? And say, oh, right, this is a good thing about them. And then catch them doing it and say, hey, you know what? I really appreciate that, or I really admire this about you. Really important for your teenagers to hear you focus on the good things about their character. Um, and confess the word over your kids. Confess the word over your kids. I feel like that's a lost thing. We don't talk about that in church so much anymore. We're not passing out confession sheets anymore. But man, when Patrick was growing up, I had the confession sheets, and I was speaking the word over that boy all the time and laying hands on them and declaring it all the time and make them speak the word of God over themselves. You know, with little Addie, I'll say, Addie, say, I'm patient. I'm patient. <laughs> They're fighting over a toy. 
you have self-control. I have self-control. And sometimes she'll even say, I am patient. Um, as she's, you know, in the middle of throwing a fit, Addie, you're patient. I am patient, you know. Um, and eventually they're going to see themselves the way the word of God sees them instead of the way society tells them that they are. And then the last thing I want to just say is really be careful about your attitude. Your attitude has an influence on other people. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. If you see your children as a joy and a blessing, you're going to have a better attitude. If you see them as a frustration or you resent them, you're going to have a stinky attitude, right? So we want to serve our families with joy and gratitude. Again, that comes from fixing our focus, focusing on the right things. These are the, the spouse you prayed for, the children you prayed for. They're a gift from God to you. And you need to have an attitude that reflects that and how you treat them. Be kind. Be helpful. Be understanding. Give the mercy and the grace that you have so lavishly received from God to your kids and to your spouse, and to your co-workers, and to your friends. Ladies, I know, we're, you know, sometimes we think Mother's Day, Proverbs 31, here it comes. I told Patrick I was really determined that I was not going to use Proverbs 31 anywhere in my message. Um, and I think sometimes we come to church on Mother's Day, and, and we can leave condemned, feeling like, oh, I'm missing the mark. But you know what? You're not missing the mark. You're doing a great job. I bet every one of you, if you asked your kids to make you a little video, I, I just, I was listening to Edith. I want to be just like my mom. What a blessing. What a blessing that must have been for you to hear the words of your daughters. Um, right? Isn't that what we want for our kids to want to emulate us and think we're worth following? That only happens if we're following Jesus. So ladies, give yourself some grace. Speak well to yourself about yourself. Maybe nobody else is saying good things to you about how you're doing. You need to tell yourself, I'm doing a good job. I, I worked really hard today. I'm going to pat myself on the back, <laughs> right? Um, and then go to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, where do I need some polishing? Where can I shine brighter? How can I come up a little higher? And he's going to help you. And you and the Holy Spirit are going to do it together. I want a little of that lady to rub off on me. <laughs> Wonderful word. <clears throat> Today we're selling, celebrating mothers. <clears throat> and I'm sure that if I took a poll of all the mothers here, no matter how wounded or how super mom you are, I'm sure you would all admit to having those moments when you thought you were just muddling through. Don't apologize. I'm going to tell you a secret. There's not a person in this congregation who, can't, who doesn't have to say all that we have accomplished 
you, Lord, have done for us. It's in Isaiah, and I love it. So enjoy your celebration and love. Now, I want to address husbands in this congregation, and I'm giving tips for celebrating Mother's Day today and tomorrow. <laughs> Both Peter and Paul gave marriage advice. And basically, it was wives' respect and husbands' love and cherish your wife. What is that cherish word meaning? Well, have you ever noticed a man with a, an antique car polishing and detailing that toy? That comes pretty close to the word cherish. <laughs> now, cherishing can be kind of sticky on the domestic front. There are ladies who have a spiritual gifting that is not always easy to live with. Let me read from scripture. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, the white wife of Lapidoth. Now, get empathy with Lapidoth. Was judging at that time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah, and the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. So much for hot meals every night. Gets worse. There was a day when she said to Barak, she said, you are called to be the leader of an army of Israelites against the enemy. And he said to her, I'm not going to do it unless you go with me. Now, my question about this is, think of Lapidoth. Was he, what was his reaction? Was he a little prickly with insecurity or inconvenience? Or did he cherish? I can tell you where the blessing of the Lord lay. Uh, I can tell you from my own life, my husband, about three weeks before he was killed, was telling me yet something he had told me many times, but he said, I am so thankful for your teaching because it has made a drastic difference in my spiritual life. Sometimes, it isn't necessarily a strong um, spiritual gifting that you're dealing with, but you would be dealing with just plain wisdom and common sense that a lady has. It's not always easy. It is said of, of uh, Sarah in 
1 Peter that she obeyed her husband and called him Lord. I don't think there are too many women in this audience who call their husbands Lord. <laughs> but let me read something. I've got to read this from the Bible because you'll think I'm lying if I try to paraphrase. So she, Sarah, said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. The plot thickens. Abraham is not, it, it just says straight out here, he was displeased. And along comes God. Now, I would have been kind of, I understand Abraham, I, it's busy, this honeydew business is difficult. And I would have, but that's not how God handled it. He said, don't be display, displeased because the boy is going to raise up a new nation. And just before that, he said, do not be display, displeased. Um, <clears throat> Whatever Sarah, <laughs> honestly, I just, this week I worked through this statement and I just was astounded. Whatever Sarah says to do, to you, do as she tells you. For the thought, the for though Isaac will be your offspring, I have a nation for the other son too. And the point of it was, there were two sons, and there were going to be two nations, and they could not coexist. So God is supporting Sarah when she probably wasn't calling him Lord. Um, I now want to say something, well, I do want to just point out that um, the point of this is sometimes these things go topsy-turvy a little in our lives, but it's God. And what we, what you as men should be very aware of is listen carefully and prayerfully but always cherish. That's where the, the blessing lies. Okay, now I want to talk to single people. Um, and that would include all widowed people, all of our divorced brothers and sisters, and ladies and gentlemen who have never been married. I believe that in a church like this, there's a calling to be a third parent. Now, what that does not mean is that you may criticize a parent or give unsolicited advice, parental advice, because what you do not know is that there is a dynamic day-to-day -day between a father, between a, 
a child and a parent that you have no idea about. But what it is doing, this being a third parent, is asking you to come alongside a child or a teenager and love them and bind up their wounds and uphold the values of a Christian parent. Values like kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and faithfulness and honoring their parents and obeying the word. And another thing it is calling you as the third parent to do is to pray for the next generation. And that's one that, um, you know, this week in preparing that, the Lord really convicted me about personally. I know this works. There were three men in this congregation who, and I'm going to just give them fictitious names, Peter, James, and John. Peter had a son who was very rebellious. His name was James. And he came to work with John one day, and he began to denigrate his father. And John said, wait a minute here. He said, is your father an honest man? Yeah. Is he a hard worker? Well, yes. And he began to hold forth the values and the assets of, of Peter's character. He went home that night. And two days later, Peter visited John and said, what did you do to my son? He was a different person he respected me for the first time in years. And that's the kind of thing we are called to as single people and even married people. We, it is said that um, it takes a village to raise a child. I have some reservations about the village, but I do not have reservations about a church raising up the next generation. And we are responsible. So, in a few minutes, you are going to ladies of, uh, 18 and older <laughs> are going to receive a gift from the church. Receive that with gratitude and let it be a symbol of your calling as a third parent, you are not marginalized. You are part of the loop. And one more, finally, all of you, I'm reading this from 1 Peter, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Today is Mother's Day. Celebrate. Cherish always. Pray faithfully. And love 
as Christ loved the church. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We hope this has been a blessing in your life, and we hope that you'll join us in person for a service soon. Our service times are on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. God bless you.